Oh, welcome to another episode of the Space for Dallas podcast. This is Dallas. Oh, I know I already messed up my schedule. I didn't even record on Wednesday. I uh, I was planning on recording every Wednesday and Sunday, but this Wednesday, it got to be really tough. I uh, just moving in, and I got lazy, and I started playing a lot of video games. So <laughs> that is... Uh, that is what happened. I uh, I got bored. I played video games. Then I got tired. And then I fell asleep. And then it just never happened. I told myself, oh, you know, I'll re-record on Thursday. Drop it then. Oh, you know, I'll record on Friday. And then Saturday happens. And it's like, am I? I'm not gonna record on Saturday because tomorrow's Sunday. So I'll just record then. You know, I just so I took a one episode break. <laughs> I took a. God, I'm reverting back to the old schedule already. Uh, I uh, I should let you guys know, um, you know, my uh, you know me and my, uh, my good buddy Muhammad, we're thinking about trying to do some um, open mics, trying to do sort of a drive-through open mic uh, comedy thing, uh, because there's so many empty lots throughout you know the city right now, you know, especially at gyms, a lot of parking lots aren't being used that. Uh, Honestly, man, you know, if we could uh, get some speakers set up, get a nice parking lot, uh, you know, maybe stand on top of a car, we could just, uh, you know, do a show right then and there, you know, advertise on Facebook or something, have people show up, maybe drop some money into a hat, you want to donate, support, you know, some sort of local art, you know, it could be something that that'd be fun, I think, gets people out performing again. Plus, especially here in Seattle, all these clubs, uh, they're really hurting right now. And, man, I'm not sure how uh, how much stand-up comedy is going to even be happening in Seattle. And it might not even just be sort of a stand-up comic uh, open mic. Maybe it'd just be like a general open mic, do music, do poetry, do whatever you want. Just, you know, perform some art and, uh, you know, just see how it goes, right? That could be pretty interesting. We'll see. Anyway... Uh, how are you guys doing? Doing good? Haven't lost your minds yet? It's June. Can you already believe it? We're already halfway, almost halfway through this year, and all my plans for this year have been completely destroyed. I was going to go, you know, to Ireland in July. That's not happening. I finally got refunded uh, my trip, which is amazing. That's fantastic. Uh, just, you know, some more money in the bank for me to hold on to to save because I know my uh, apartment is definitely going to come at me uh, with a fat bill uh, repainting the whole apartment because I couldn't because I couldn't take off those stupid command strips the right way I thought I needed to save them for some dumb reason oh I'm also getting uh I'm getting the coronavirus testing it's it's about time you know honestly it's you know, we're sort of dipping down, you know, so it's, and I, I never really had any of the symptoms anyway, so it's like, oh, how useful is it? But, you know, it's, I'm, I moved back in, I'm with the parents again. I feel like everyone should get tested anyway, just so you know, you know, I know my status may change, but I might as well get a test, you know, it's just good information to know what's the worst that can happen. Uh, the worst that could happen is that I have it, so <laughs> it actually could be very bad. Uh, but I'm getting the testing to see if I have the virus. And I'm also got to do uh, some sort of teledoc video phone conference with a, a doctor to get the antibody testing. 
apparently you need a sort of a doctor's permission right off on that. I figured something like the antibody testing would just be made available to everybody. But uh, apparently that's not the case. Apparently I need some doctor to hear me out, see if I can do it. Hopefully this uh, appointment doesn't take too long. I'm imagining it's only going to be like five minutes, but I don't know if there's any sort of testing or if I have to tell them what I'm feeling. I'm imagining they're going to have to draw blood, uh, and it might be a lot of blood to check and see, but you know, it's. I, I feel like I should, I should just be able to get the test if I want to. I, I don't know why I need to see a doctor about that, you know? I don't know. Anyway, I guess we'll see tomorrow. We'll see what happens tomorrow. And uh, see about what that is. Oh, on to better news. You know, this is meant to be a comedy podcast. I, I don't want this to get all sort of me, 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 me. Uh, I was listening to UFO Radio, UFO Radio, and uh, and they did an episode on Sasquatch, right? Sasquatch is amazing. Sasquatch is that thing that I, I don't think it'll ever die. You know, it's... Ah, I love Sasquatch. Okay, (laughs) so the thing about Sasquatch. So Sasquatch, according to UFO Radio, apparently what I got to do is I got to set the scene for you guys. All right, you got to be able to think about this in the cosmic perspective, okay? There is a planet of Sasquatches, right? Very advanced beings, life forms. They actually compared uh, Sasquatch to Merlin in an episode of Ancient Aliens because Merlin was very hairy, and Sasquatch is also a hairy creature, so maybe Merlin was a Sasquatch. So uh, just a little tidbit of information there for you to keep in mind. But anyway, Planet Sasquatch. So Planet Sasquatch has criminals, right? Like any society does, you know. You know, you just have, uh, you know, just people, you know, Sasquatches with their Sasquatches, you know, stereotypes develop, certain pathologies of ideas, you know, that are taken to an extreme place, you know, the criminal element. Uh, you know, happens, right? Society. So they have prisoners, right? There's a prison of normal sort of rule breaking Sasquatches, but then there's another prison. This is like the ultra Betamax prison for like the worst offenders of Sasquatch society. You know, Squatches who don't respect their other Squatches. You know, just a terrible, terrible group of Squatches. And these, they take these squatches. I'm not sure. Is that a racial thing? If I call them a squatch, <laughs> if I am I being racist towards sasquatches? So anyway, they'll take a squatch, right? They put this squatch in a UFO. They send the UFO to Earth. In this uh, situation, we are basically planet Sasquatches Australia. We are the Australia of the universe, apparently. And they will drop down their squatch into some forest, right? Into some forest and some woods, some isolated area. Uh, And that is why it's so hard to get videos of a Sasquatch because they're running away from the law. Genius. I never thought about it that way. That's why they they see the lights. They know that they could like, they don't know who it is. Is it the cops? You know, if I get caught here on, you know, on earth, I'm never going back to, planet squatch so you know i gotta you know i gotta run away these could be cops it could be after me you know that's why you never see squatches on video you know that's why it's so rare to see them they're running away from the law the law across (laughs) across the universe law and order you can't escape them law and order man these uh these protests are getting crazy 
the whole uh, sort of defund the police movement. I just saw an article about Minneapolis going to get rid of their police force. I don't know how that's even going to happen. What's that even going to look like? Community-led, nonviolence, uh, you know, proven tactics. Man, that's, uh, I don't know. I don't know what that's going to look like, man, if you don't have any police force. You know, you just, you sort of need just, I don't know, an element of enforcement in society. But, you know, I, I, I'm also not opposed to, you know, investing more into the community if it makes a difference. You know, if, you know, the food bank has, you know, more food. If the, uh, you know, if there's more sort of after school programs, like I'm not against that, but yeah, getting rid of the police force, that's, uh, oh, uh, we'll see what happens. What am I? I'm not claiming to, you know, know it all, be a genius. You know, that's not me. Uh, I am, uh, I can tell you about one thing though. I, uh, man, I was at the bike shop the, uh, this Saturday helping out as I usually do. And there's this guy. And he basically dropped off a bicycle and then left. Basically, this guy was holding on to a bike for his buddy. Said his buddy called ahead and cleared it all up with us at the shop. Gave us his name and phone number and then left. And then I look up his buddy in the system. Turns out buddy's never been in the shop. Buddy's not in the system. Call the buddy. Turns out the buddy is in Florida and the buddy is like, hey, man, can you pack this box, pack this bike in a box for me and take it across the street to like a FedEx or UPS store to ship it for me? And I was like, no, I'm not doing any of that. Plus, you have to pay for this. And he's like, oh, can't I just pay over the phone? I was like, we don't do that here, man. That's not just a, a thing we do, you know. And, uh, yeah, really put a damper on this guy's parade. The thing is, this bike is so cheap that I'm not sure if it'd be worth it for this guy to fly out, pay us to box it, pay it to get it shipped to Florida where he lives, uh, compared to just if he really likes this bike, maybe he should just buy another one and just have it shipped to his house. It would be cool if he left it, though, because I think if he did, you know, I could you know, me or one of the guys in the shop will probably just take it. You know, we say we're going to donate it. What that whatever what that really means, and everyone knows what that really means, is we're just going to throw it away. But if no one takes it, man, I'll, I might as well take that uh, bike and, uh, I don't know, see if Dad's a little more comfortable using that bike or something, you know. Maybe he will be. Maybe he won't. Maybe it, it will end up just getting tossed in the trash anyway. We'll see. Who knows? I, uh, by the way, I fixed the blue-white issue with my uh, my microphone. What I did is I just took a piece of masking tape and put it over the light. So uh, I can still see the light, but it's not so glaring. So fixed that problem. And, uh, man, yeah, so Sas Sasquatch Planet. Okay. Uh, so, listen, guys, there's something I've been doing for a while now, and I just wanted to share it with you guys. I've been sort of... Uh, if ever I hear like a quote or something in the movie, you know, a sort of short little statement, I've been sort of keeping on my computer just a, just a word doc, right, of just the uh, just sort of quotes and words I hear. And uh, I don't know, I figured, I figured if I'm going to be real and honest in this podcast, I might as well, you know, share them with you, right? Maybe read you a quote every uh, now and again. 
And, uh, you know, something I've been doing is I've been actually listening to that Conan O'Brien podcast. And the thing is, Conan O'Brien, he's actually, he's a lot funnier on the podcast than he is on his TV show. Because his TV show's more, you know, it's 30 minutes now, not the usual hour. So less bits, more just monologue and then interview. And then sort of that's the end, right? A quick 30-minute show. And uh, I I kind of like it. There are some guests that really that it really works for. There are some it doesn't. Uh, you know, it's always going to be a mixed bag. Never, you know, 100% perfect all the time. I'm never expecting that. But something Conan O'Brien said that I actually uh, sort of typed down and saved because it sort of resonated with me. He says, uh, he said this, uh, what is it? Like UC San Diego... Some sort of UC school renamed themselves the Conan O'Brien College for like the day. So he goes, shows up, and he does like a, you know, a talk, right? Uh, and he, one of the, someone asks him like, oh, you know, how do you succeed? How do you be successful? You know, something along those lines, right? Like, how did you make it in the business? And he said, uh, this is what he said. He said, if you work hard and show that you have ability, you end up moving up the ladder. It just happens which gave me a huge uh, sense of relief. I'm realizing is I look for relief like a thirsty man looks for water. I, uh, or a lady, hey oh, oh, hey, sexual joke. I, uh, oh, man, that just, I mean, that, you know, you, you, well, especially when, if you're sort of in, I guess, a, a performative art kind of business, and I'm not saying I'm in a business, I'm, I'm more developing and still practicing and trying to get better at those is like, you know, I'm just worried about if people are going to notice, you know, my abilities, notice how funny I am. And I'm not even saying I'm, I'm even really that funny right now. I'm, I know I'm still working on it. There's a, people that are just a lot funnier than me. But uh, a, a statement like that from a guy in his position, it makes me realize that if I just, you know, if I just get better at my art form right and I just, you know, one of the things about comedy is you do have to contribute to comedy to get anything out of comedy. You just can't be take, 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 take and give nothing else. You know, you either have to, you know, start a show uh, like this drive through comedy show. I'm going to see if uh, me and Muhammad can do or, you know, you have to give back in some way. You know, there's a lot of give and take. I uh, man, there was this guy I remember I worked with. Um, he. uh he retired right but he had this sort of side business and then the side business it started to kind of go down a little bit and uh, he came back one day as a retiree just to you know say hi to everyone you know see how it's going um you know he just had some time he had some old friends um some other people he knew were retiring so he you know he he came back to you know see everyone and he mentioned to me um you know yeah you know the business is taking a, a little bit of a of a hit but uh what that really means is i gotta start donating more money again and i, I sort of took me aback i was like what do you mean it, it sounds like you know if anything you should be investing into your business instead of donating it if you're you know not in a good place and he's like and this is you know a much older guy right and he's like ah man when you've lived as long as me you realize that you know, yes, it rains on the good and the evil and the rich and the poor alike, but there's a sort of cash register to the universe. And the more you sort of take, the more 
the more you sort of give, the more the universe gives back to you. So, you know, I found out that whenever I'm sort of in a tough spot, I donate more money and then, you know, the karma, you know, invariably comes back my way. And also, you know, I bless others. They, it, the universe ends up blessing me back. That's, you know, that's how it sort of works. And I was like, really? And he's like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, this guy was like, what, you know, late sixties, maybe early seventies. And he's like, listen, man, I've, I've sort of seen it. I've seen the kind of flow of things. I've been running this sort of side hustle, you know, for about 30 years now. It's, it's kind of just how it happens, right? You can't ever be this guy that just takes, 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 takes. And then, you know, just doesn't, and, and just doesn't do anything to give back. You just won't get as much from, you know, the universe as you would compared to a guy who donates. And I was like, oh, okay, that's, that's interesting. You know, the, the sort of wisdom of old age, right? It's fascinating how he sort of, I guess, just through experience, he just sort of figured out like, you know what, this is, I don't know how, I don't know why, but this is just sort of how things kind of happen. And, um, I don't know, I found that fascinating. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I picked up this new type of sparkling water called AHA. They have very interesting flavors, and I'm really liking them. Uh, they do this one flavor called Peaches and Honey that uh, I've been drinking, and uh, I am I am now hooked on it. And I went biking to the, uh, you know, to the store to pick up a few more cases of it. And uh, let me something about biking. I think I like bicycling so much is because it's the closest feeling to flying i uh, I, re I feel like biking is more closer related to flying than flying is the flying like the being the pilot of like a little cessna and you know people say i love the feeling of flying you know i've been in those little cessnas you know those cockpits are cold you know they're freezing uh you know i don't you don't feel like the wind in your hair right you're just in a little box with wings as you just fly up you know, into the sky, dive around, you know, see things from a cool height, from a, a tall height. That's also very cool, I guess. I don't know what I'm saying. But it doesn't, it, it doesn't feel like flying. You know, I don't get the sensation of flight. You know, when I, when I, when someone says they feel like they're flying, you know, you want to feel like a bird, you know, wind rushing past you up in the air, weightlessness. You know, I don't feel weightless when I'm sitting, you know, in a little Cessna. I don't feel weightless when I sit in a plane. You know, I just feel sick. <laughs> I, uh, you know, but with bicycling, just being on two wheels, you know, palming down a hill, even, you know, riding on like a flat pavement with the wind there's a feeling of freedom there that you just it's it's so real and in the moment you know it's I mean it's like driving a car you know with the top down like it's a cool feeling but it's not you know you're not as sort of exposed as you are maybe a motorcycle or a moped comes close I've never ridden a motorcycle I've ridden mopeds before but there's a level of detachment from it. It, it doesn't, you know, there, there's a the mechanical process of just you moving yourself under your own power sort of, it sort of goes in with that bird analogy, that sort of self-powered sort of flight. You move yourself through the wind 
through the air, through the ground. And, you know, with the two wheels, there is a, you know, the effort you put into it and the faster you go, the better the feeling <laughs> comes out with it, right? The the karmic circle, dude. It's a bicycle wheel. Hey, oh, man, I wonder if anyone is able to follow that trail of nonsense. Uh, man, what else has been happening? Oh, I, uh, I'm realizing uh, going to the allergist has become my favorite thing. I am getting another allergy shot this week. And man, dude, I love going to my allergies, man. I, I, I love it because I get a feeling. One of the best feelings you can get, I realize, is the feeling of progress, is the feeling of I'm making improvement. I'm, you know, moving forward. Um, un, I'm undeniably, you know, moving forward. You know, it's like, uh, you know, like when you level up in a video game, right? And then... You stumble back upon, you know, the level two creatures you used to fight that were so hard. Now you're just wiping them out in one hit. And it's that, oh, yes, the feeling of progress. I've I've improved. I'm much better. I mean, that's the same feeling I get when I go to the allergist. Plus, I'm realizing there's two, the, the, the two strongest <laughs> feelings I get in my life. It's not even sort of happiness or, you know longing that the two most satisfying feelings I get in my life is a feeling of relief and then the feeling of making progress those oh my god if you could package those things for me I feel like all I need is to feel some relief and all I need is to know yes I'm finally making some progress I'm finally moving forward on something ah man Man, oh God, that sounds so old to me, everything I just said. I like seeing the allergist. God, I forget how old I am some days, you know. I'm I'm at that time where I had to Google how old I am today just to know for sure, uh, you know, I'm actually, like, am I actually 26? I can't even believe that. I, uh, God, how can I forget how old I am? Man. Let me actually, you know what? I'm going to search that right now. How old am I? Let me see to the day how old I am. This will be so fun and exciting for everyone here who uh, already knows how old I am. And uh, I provide absolutely no new information. 26 years, 3 months, 20 days. God. 26, yeah, God, I can't believe my birthday was in February. This year, it's it's both flying by and moving snail slow. It's I don't know how to describe it. It's both, the days go by so quickly, and also this is the longest year I've ever lived in my life. The, fun, the worst part is summers. Something about me and summers, summers always feel to go so fast. They always... Summers are always gone, and then the fall lasts forever. It, it must be the long days or some sort of weird optical illusion that happens. Ah, oh, man, you know, here in Bothell, uh, we're in the modified phase one opening. I saw some people at a bar, uh, you know, so maybe be able to do a bar show. Oh, we won't be able to do a bar show. They're, they're limiting the number of people. Maybe have it outside? I don't know. Probably not. Because, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, if we move to phase two, there's really no reason for the drive-through comedy show. Uh, because, you know, 
gyms and parking lots and things will open back up. Man, it's uh, some days I feel like this is just the new normal. It's just going to be like this way forever. We're just never going to get out of this thing. There are days I forget there's a pandemic going on. It's I, I feel like, you know, we all just became at home employees. Oh, man. God. I, uh, you know, with this whole Black Lives Matter thing going on and everyone talking about their privilege, I realize, uh, you know, a funny thing that happened in New York is, uh, you know, me and Muhammad, right, we were walking through, uh, I think we were walking through Rockefeller Plaza. Uh, not Rockefeller Plaza. We were, where were we? Now, we were outside Rockefeller Plaza, yeah, walking down, I think it was Fifth Avenue, um, right by Trump Tower, and uh, in New York City, on the uh, you know island of Manhattan, there's a a pretty strong Jewish population there, and uh, you know what happens is you you have these you know Jews on every corner, they're handing out little uh, menorahs, right, and they pretty much ask uh, any sort of vague looking Jewish person to see if they're Jewish, and uh, essentially white people. <laughs> and uh yeah dude i cannot is it racist if i if i say i can't tell the difference between white people and jews they just both look the same to me you know i just i don't know something about it and uh <laughs> who was it me and muhammad are walking by and there's this jewish guy uh on the corner we both make eye contact with him he looks at us you can sort of see him thinking about if he should ask us if we're Jewish. And then he's like, ah, not really worth my time. And then he turns around <laughs> and starts talking to like a white family that was like, you know, somewhere close by with like, and with little kids that had like the frozen Elsa dolls in their hands. And they're like, he, he was like, these guys might be Jewish. Muhammad <laughs> though. God, that guy, he walks up to him and he's like, hey, man, how come you don't ever ask black people if they're Jewish? And this Jewish guy's like, what? And he's like, you and that's when I looked over at Muhammad. And I was like, hey, they aren't asking us if we're Jewish either. Like they, they, they ran the numbers, dude. They know like probability very low. <laughs> These guys are Jewish, which uh, I like, actually. I like, hey, don't bother me, man. I'm going to walk on the street. I don't want to, you know, get them in Nora anyway. All right. It's, uh, dude, that's a, that's a minority privilege right there. We don't get asked if we're Jewish or not. Ah, <laughs> oh, man. God, that, uh, I was glad I went to New York apparently right before the, uh, whole shutdown happened. Jeez. Uh, man, the, the thing about New York is it's a lot of, uh, a lot of young people go there for work, you know, and during the holidays, most of the, like the, you know, New Yorkers, a lot of those people, you know, they fly back home you know, to their families in Missouri and Kansas, Washington, you know, wherever they're at for the holidays to spend with them. So uh, the cool thing about New York is how everything is so compacted. So, and the island is so small, uh, it makes finding interesting things sort of easy. Like you stumble upon very interesting things just by walking around the island. I never went to Wall Street. I should have gone to Wall Street. It's amazing. I had no idea so much stuff was uh, in Manhattan till I till I went, and uh, yeah, that was fascinating. I definitely have to uh, to go back one of these days. I went to Tenth Planet, uh, New York City. 
And, uh, man, those guys were awesome to me. You know, since I already go to 10th Planet here in Seattle, uh, they didn't charge me any mat fees or anything. I was able to attend the classes. It was sweet. Those guys are good guys. Ah, but, man, I, uh, oh, that's another thing, dude, is I want jiu-jitsu to come back. I can't wait for, uh, to be able to do Brazilian jiu-jitsu again to roll. I really feel like I'm close to earning my blue belt. And, uh. Man, yeah, I really feel close to it. The funny thing is I'll say I feel close to it and then I won't get it till uh three years after <laughs> three years after I've said it. Ah. But yeah, man, I feel like I was really close. Man, trying to do stand up again though too. That's gonna be tough. I'm just gonna have to just I don't know, start talking just to audiences again because the, the this is what I need to do. I need to realize when I'm not getting laughs on stage, I need to quit feeling anxious, and instead I need to feel at ease. There's a sort of calmness. But it's it's so hard to get to that level because you get so little time on stage. And at first you have so little material and you don't you can't really you to to you don't really understand how to structure a joke. And how things can be funny, you know, without even having a punchline to them that, uh, you know, just sort of it's you really just need that onstage presence, you know. And I got to get back to that, man. I don't, oh, man, it's going to be so tough to to shake off the rust, especially since I'm, I'm not as good and I don't quite have the same sort of uh, inventory of jokes to fall back on as more experienced people do. Ah, man, I woke up really angry. I, I had this dream that really pissed me off and I woke up just straight up furious today and I have no idea what that dream was about. I, As soon as I woke up, I just knew I felt angry and I don't know why. I had to lay down in bed and like I, I couldn't, I wasn't calming down by laying down in bed. I had to lay down in bed, close my eyes, fall asleep again to like reset my brain I guess to wake up calm like I don't know what I dreamed about but it was something that just pissed me off and uh man isn't it so funny stuff can happen to you even in a dream that'll just piss you off for the whole day <laughs> until you fall asleep again man well listen guys uh I'm gonna be more diligent about being on the schedule uh, did another 30 minutes, uh, and I'm liking the 30 minutes. It becomes easier to do this the more I do this. I just have to, God, I just have to do them. All right. Well, listen, guys, thanks again for listening. This is another episode of the Space for Dallas podcast. This is Dallas.